Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. It is another episode of No Bets Bar, this time for UFC Apex 63. We're really getting up here in the numbers. Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen in the main event. It's, I mean, it's a huge fight for the flyweight or the featherweight division. Big impacts on the title implications. Beyond that, is it? Is it even <laughs> a big fight though? Can we just talk about this for a minute? Because look, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, and we can hop into it in a second. I have absolutely no issues with what happened at UFC 280. I, I didn't love it beforehand, but. I'm at least on board with Alexander Volkanovsky challenging for the lightweight belt now. They've sold me enough, okay. But this is the problem with that because this fight is awesome, and I'm still here for it this weekend, but this fight matters so much less right now as a result of this past weekend because it ain't the, the winner isn't getting a title fight. The winner is maybe going to get an interim title fight, maybe. And, and that really hurts this weekend. Yeah, I don't even know if they're going to do an interim title fight too, because I feel like they would just go to Volk and be like, "Hey, man, like you, you're going to do 145." He's like, "Yeah, give me a challenger." And I think it would be between Yair and Josh Shimmett. Like, I feel like I feel like these guys. There's going to be a 145 title fight, and then another one, and it could be one of these guys. That's the thing. It could totally be that, but and when is that? December twenty twenty three. It's like a, it's a lifetime away, Connor. It's like because you don't know if Volk's going to get injured. He is thirty four now. Like that's going to happen. If Volk wins the belt, then who the hell knows what's going to happen? Like there's so many things. And again, I'm 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 off my corner of hating Volk moving up just because I don't need to keep bitching about the same things over and over. I guess really, but. This fight this weekend, if you hadn't done that, if the winner, like, let's say Arnold Allen on a 37-fight win streak, whatever obscene number of wins he has in a row, comes out here 
and does something nobody else has done and finishes Calvin Cater and gets on the mic. And I know he's not a big call for a shot, but what if this is the time that he gets on and says, I just finished the dude that nobody else has ever done. Max Holloway couldn't finish this man. I've won 10 in a row. I'm the dude. I will go to Perth. You can defend your belt in Perth in your home country against me. Let's go. He maybe could have elevated himself to a title fight with a big performance. And now it's nothing. And so the only thing about this fight is the merits of the fight itself, which are plenty. It's a great fight. But the stakes have been that the legs have been taken out from underneath him because of 280. Yeah, I'm also just a huge Ronald Allen, Allen fan. We can dive into all this uh, as him. we get into the card. But that is UFC Apex 63. Uh, the, <laughs> we just described how the stakes have kind of been watered down. And, I mean, beyond the main event, it is uh, – as They're we say stakes. around here, it's a tough, it's a tough hang, it especially is, coming off of, hang. especially coming off of what we just had. You have the distraction of, you know, Jake Paul Anderson Silva. Bellator does not have a great card this weekend either, but Bellator Italy, it's really bad. You know, Vasily Lomachenko is going. Katie Taylor's fighting. There's there are a lot of things going on in combat sports, and and I would argue to say the one thing that I care about in the UFC is the result of the the Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen fight, uh, but. We can get into that in a second. Let's let's look back on the weekend that was UFC 280, the incredible card. Uh, some people don't think that it delivered. Uh, I'd probably say depth wise, it didn't deliver. I felt it didn't, like for sure. I felt like once we hit, well, what do you think? Once we hit Bilal Brady is when like the intensity got cranked up. Yeah, and that that was when it was always going to because for as good or whatever as the card was. There were six fights that, that were good, and then there was some solid filler. You got Muhammad Makayev, a good prospect worthy of paying attention to. Krilov Ozdemir at two top ten light heavyweights. There's some rounding out pieces, but that six-fight stretch, the main card plus the prelim main event, that that was the the meat. That was the, the main course. And the truth of the matter is the card was bad. Like, top to bottom, it was bad, but... The main event was awesome, and there were enough other things. If the main event is good, everything else kind of because you're it's it's the last thing you go out on a high note, so it's okay. If I was having this conversation with some other people at MMA fighting uh, the other day, if if the main event had been swapped with the co-main, if Aljo versus Dillashaw was was set to be the main event and was. This card would have been roasted to infinity if that's the the final image of the night is that absolute fuster cluck. So, yeah, I mean the way, yeah, I I would agree with you. I mean the way that uh, Aljo got him to the ground and then it was like, oh, DJ looks like he's hurt, and then you got the confirmation that he was hurt, and then it was just, I mean, one way traffic is a, it was a useless is an fight. understatement. Yeah, I mean it's it a was useless fight. It was over before it even started, as they say. Uh, Yano O'Malley, however you feel about the decision, banger, banger. Loved that fight. Uh, very exciting moments throughout. Very close fight. However you feel who won it. I mean, I, I think both of us scored it for Piotr Jan. Um, I could see the one and three uh, to O'Malley, but banger of a fight. I absolutely loved that one. Yeah, man. It's a great fight. Like, and that's we got enough good things from this card. The main event was great. Uh, the feature band and weight fight was great. Uh, Darius Gamrot was good, oh. not great, but good. It was a good, good fight. Good, but to see Benil do it, I just I, all week I had this thing in my stomach telling me Benil was going to win that fight, uh, and he ended up doing it. Yeah, uh, that dude is 
it's a real shame that he's probably never going to fight for a lightweight title at this rate. Um, but, you know, great great performance from him. Bilal's performance against Sean Brady was good. And the rest of the card was not worth... The free portion of the card was... It was worth the price of admission of zero dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Petrosian and Dobson let down on on fireworks. I can't believe that fight was that bad. I I really can't either. Uh, Mahayev didn't look as good as I expected. He still gets the win by finish over Malcolm Gordon. I mean, we almost started with a with a knee technicality with Carol Hosa. And I the- was so. <laughs> We were texting like about it. It almost paid off. It, it almost was so paid off. Close. If freaking Lena Landsberg had just said, "Yeah, I can't do this," she might have gotten the DQ win, and we would be two for two on Costanzas. This would this scientific in. experiment would have a lot of momentum. As it was, still almost got a draw out of the almost, damn thing. Dude. Frankly, I think that we should have gotten a draw i was pretty surprised that it was a majority decision i i thought it was going to end up being 28s across the board but you know close 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 but no cigar uh my girl man and fiero out chukagian's chukagian yeah that fight was tough that it wasn't when you're cheering for fiero number one contender now let's 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 go against grasso uh, and let's let's see if we can set up a title shot. Uh, she though, absolutely won that fight, and the f- I, I tweeted it on the night. And my overwhelming thought leaving that fight was, yeah, I don't think Valentina Shevchenko is losing any sleep about the. <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> either. Twenty five right I now. Mean, yeah, it's. I think what their plan is, and I think it, you know, rating putting Fiero at one. I think what they do is is do a little Nunez Shevchenko. And have Firo and Grasso fight for the top spot. Who yeah. is the biggest threat? Taylor Santos, obviously. I don't even think Taylor Santos is. You think, think they, you think they rerun it? It's a blowout. I do. I I think Santos came with a good game plan, fought her fought her ass off, and is better than I thought she was. I've rewatched that fight a couple of times. I do not believe that the headbutt was the actual factor that was the the game changer in that fight. I. I I can be wrong. I'm not saying this affer- like I'm a thousand percent sure, but moments after the headbutt, Valentina lands a, a head kick that like clearly jacks up uh, a Santos, and I think that that was it. And I think I also think to some extent Valentina just kind of got on her game. You know, <laughs> she's like, all right, well, I need to need to start fighting better, and did I, I think going back in, she probably runs that one down, but. I would say that if they don't do Nunez Shevchenko, uh, they will just run that competitive title fight back. Either way, we're getting Furo Grasso. Both women seem to want it. I'm impressed by the fact that neither woman is like aggressively calling for a title shot. They're like, yeah, let's let's take one more before we get in there with the champ. We could use a little more seasoning before we before we throw this one on the grill. You want to know the truth too? I think Furo does almost the same thing. Uh, in that fight against Grasso. Oh yeah, I think it. I think that fight is gonna. I think the most likely path is Fioro gets a title <sighs> shot and and loses a pretty decisive fight to Valentina Shevchenko. Unfortunately, I think that's the most likely. I could see maybe. I I could also see Fioro having to rely on her wrestling a lot more against Grasso. Grasso's got decent boxing, but I, I largely agree. I, I think what we're heading for is is Shevchenko beating Tyler Santos. 
uh, or them doing the Nunes fight. And either way, Shevchenko beats Furo sometime in the middle or late next year. Yeah, I mean, I'll be cheering for you. You never know. You know, shock the world. That was 280, though. Uh, the undercard and the rest of the main event, I mean, main card, the main event, uh, Islam Charles. I mean, what what else can you say? I, I know you've been on your victory tour. Uh, I, a great one. I guess it wasn't as pronounced, my belief in uh, Islam, but obviously, you know, it looks like I'm going to cash that future bet. Islam, you sure are. Islam's round one, two, and three. Uh, go that was ahead a great bet. I did not that. think he'd get it done so quickly. The way that he handled himself on the feet and just like how quickly it went from knocks him down, fights over, it's terrifying. Like if you're if you're in the lightweight like division, I just – I mean all the talk was like he hasn't fought anyone, no one in the top five. He goes in and fight the, fights the guy that has been beating everyone and just dominates him. She kills him. It's I. It was what I thought would happen the whole time. Uh, I've watched that fight a bunch since then. It was not competitive, like in in any regard. It, it wasn't no. like first round was total, clear as day. Ten nine Islam. Yeah, it wasn't a total like ass beating, but it was not. There is nothing to say that Charles really won any moments of that fight. Like he. He, make it make it fighter A versus fighter B. It's you know it's just like a simulation run through. You'd be like, oh wow, fighter A dominated this fight. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where I was like, oh, that's exactly what I thought it would look like, uh, and I don't ever need to see them fight again. Like Charles obviously comes out and says, I'm going to get the belt back. That's just not going to happen because um, he will never beat Islam Makhachev. Like there wasn't. Uh, he wasn't maybe fighting the best fight of his life, but it it was so very clear watching that. Like he just has no he has no way to do the things that he is good at and wants to do against Islam Makachev. He is completely nullified, and then Islam just took it to him. Like it was a they a comprehensive win for Islam Makachev because that dude is the best lightweight in the world. More like. At worst, one of the five best fighters in the world. Like, at absolute worst, he's one of the five. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there. Uh, I personally, some people don't want to see it. I am, I'm hyped up for, for Islam Volk. I mean, at, at the very least, it's just going to be scenes on scenes on scenes in Australia. I mean, when, when what, down under hits uh, and Volk makes his walk to the cage, like, people, people are going to go absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I mean, it's... They sold me enough. I, I still, it would not be the fight I would make given my choice just because both men have a lot of people I would prefer to see them fight against in their own weight class. But I get why we're doing it and I'm okay with it. And it, if we can just get this one out of the way, then we can go back to everything that's right. Because yeah. I, I understand that I am like one of 10 people that would be salivating over Islam versus Benil Dariush. I think... I think Benny Dariush is the toughest fight for for Islam, and he's probably like that's not going to happen for like a year, <laughs> probably yeah. if it ever happens at all. And I I'm pretty confident in Islam's ability to just sort of do the thing against Alexander Volkanovsky. As great as Volkanovsky is, I think he has some real limitations in this fight. So it's it's less appealing to me than for others. Because I'd also love to see Volk fight Arnold Allen or Calvin Cater or Yair Rodriguez or Josh Emmett or more guys in his weight class. But I get why we're doing it. 
and I'm not here to yuck everybody's yum. It's obviously what's happening, and I can be on board for that. Yeah, because, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I think this is a favorable stylistic matchup for Islam, especially with the size disparity that there is between them. Yeah, I mean, in all likelihood, Islam is going to go out there and do something somewhat similar that he did to Charles and end up, you know, just dumping Volk down and and likely getting a finish before the five rounds are over. But this is MMA. Insane things happen. Volkanovski is Volkanovski. And if something were to happen and Volk pulled it off, it would be one of the most electric scenes that we've seen, Volk becoming a double champ in Perth, Australia. I mean... It's very true. Just just having the potential of that maybe possibly happening is enough for you to sell me on the fight. It is. my The negative part of me just looks at the opposite end of it, which is I really – I think the betting line is probably good, like at minus 400 or whatever. Like I think that's pretty right. And so then you're you're setting up your – pound for pound great champion to take an L in his hometown like that's because I think that's just what's going to happen and that's a bit of a bummer but again I get what we're doing and I'm I'm not going to try and fight against the the rising of the tide here it's what's happening let's do it sure and maybe Volkanovski can prove me wrong I don't think he can but maybe he can if he does it's unbelievable and if he doesn't what you're saying, I think that moves Islam up to pound for pound number one, most likely. Now you have yep. the new age of Khabib. You have this new dominant champion that that has that aura about him as he goes along with Khabib. So I think at the end of the day, uh, it's a win-win uh, in the UFC's eyes. Yeah, it's it's good enough to get it done. And so that's what's going to happen. And it's not what I thought we were the position we'd be in, but... You know, there have certainly been worse places for for the UFC and for us as fans the last few years than us oh, getting no two of the top five pound for pound fighters fighting fighting each other. I'm down for it, but that's uh, that's a problem for us to tackle in February. Right now, for this weekend, uh, October 29th coming up, we've got to deal with UFC Apex 63. So let's just let's just dive right in. Let's just get head first into this. Let's start with the main so event. So excited. Can you hear the can you hear the excitement seeping out of me? True story. True story, Connor. When I looked at this card for for this was like, oh well, I guess at least I have three locked in bets. So I don't have to do too much digging to find content this week. I had already bet on Arnold Allen, you know, I'm spoiling it, but uh, I had already bet on Arnold Allen and had had already bet on Chase Hooper. Those are those are two bets I've had locked in for a minute. Uh just lines that I liked that that sort of popped off to me right right from the start. So let's start there on the main event. Arnold Allen, Calvin Cater. Uh, we alluded to it earlier. This this fight has seen some heavy line movement uh, since the odds drop. Right now, Arnold Allen currently sits after sitting for about a month and a half as the underdog. He is now the favorite at minus one twenty on DraftKings Sportsbook. Calvin Cater coming back at plus. 100. I mean, it's it's pretty much a pick 'em. The over under is set at four and a half. Under plus 112, over minus 148. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I said I took Allen. I took him when he was a, a pretty big dog. He was sitting there for about a month. I took him at plus 160. I loved that line. I love that bet. I, I'm also, I'm just biased to Arnold Allen. I'm just going to come out and say it. I like Calvin Cater. He's a fantastic striker, but the persona that is Arnold Allen, I just love it. Just the dry British humor. The way that he gets in there and fights, he's a killer. I mean, you talked about the win streak. 
Nine straight wins in the UFC has yet to lose. He could make it a double-digit win streak here. He's 18-1 and all-time in his career. I, I, I'm biased towards Arnold Allen. It's just plain and simple. I'm a little biased as well. I love I love getting him at 160. I'll be honest. I I so I'm bet on Arnold Allen by decision at plus 240. Nice. Uh because Calvin Cater is doesn't get finished. He can take has, 499 significant strikes or whatever yeah. it was against Max Holloway and not get finished. Yeah, if that beat down from Max Holloway ain't gonna finish you, nothing is. You're just you're made of some alloy of adamantium and mithril. Boston something. There's something know, in the water yeah. in Boston. Yeah, some sturdy stuff going on there. So uh, I, I took Allen by decision because plus 240 is a substantially better line than Allen at minus 120 right now. But I will be honest, if the line keeps moving, I to me, this is a pick and fight. And uh, my pick of Allen is some combination of the line is so juicy at plus 240 for by far the way he's going to win if he wins. The fact that I, too, love Arnold Allen, I find him charming, even though I recognize that he doesn't have that bombastic personality that usually draws people in. Uh, and just the biggest part of this for me is projection, and this is where you can get into the most trouble betting, or at least I certainly have historically. Allen's 28, and his last performance was the best of his career I've been really high on this kid for a really long time. I have him super highly ranked in the MMA Fighting Global rankings, the only rankings that matter. Only ones that matter. Only ones that matter. And I I am projecting that it's his first time fighting twice in a year in like forever. He looks so yeah. good. I think this might be where he ascends, where he makes the leap from good guy in the division. Like that's a guy who's going to challenge to – that's a contender. I think this might be the fight, but that is largely projection. If I'm going with what I've seen on tape, this is a pick'em fight. It is incredibly possible that Calvin Cater just boxes him up. He's a, he's a better boxer and can just win three of five rounds because Calvin Cater has unreal cardio. There's zero quit in that man. He's got good boxing and in a five round fight against a guy who's not a huge finisher too, like that just creates opportunities. So if the line keeps moving towards Allen, I am probably going to buy out on just a cater straight bet if he gets above plus 100. But since I think it's a pick em, there's no value on cater, and I do think there's value on Arnold by decision at plus 240. So I took that. But again, if, if the line keeps moving the way it's been, I'm gonna I'm gonna get both sides of this with a cater, you know, plus one twenty, plus one thirty straight, and just take take the small edge in the middle. I mean, they had a they had a future line on this up since since March, since his win over over Dan Hooker, and he sat at one seventy for plus one seventy for six months. That seems really high too. Like, yeah, like dropped down to plus one sixty. Was at one sixty for about for about thirteen days, about two weeks, down to plus one forty, and he's just slowly dropped all the way down. To now being the favorite, I uh, yeah, yeah man, it's, this it's fight kind of, is the most like this is that's what the I thought definition of a pick 'em fight to me. I'm that's what I like, thought. I, I so. think it's gonna be great. He's been training with the champ in uh, in Leon Edwards. Uh, you know, always helps camp. to train with the champ. You know, I mean, gotta you know, 
All rising tides carry all ships. It's gotta, it's gotta give you some sort of energy in there. Uh, so yeah, all right, we'll both be riding with Arnold Allen. I'm in agreement with you. I think it goes long. I parlay pieced uh, over one and a half. The classic uh, C Burks move. Oh, that is that Minus is five. the most Connor Burks bet. I mean, I love it. Minus four hundred. Can we just copyright that the C Burks bet? C <laughs> the C Burks bet. bet. Let me get the let me get the main event five rounds over one and a half. That likely goes to a decision. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just. It's it's parlay fodder at its finest. Um, I, so that's such a of all the things I've learned from you in the year we've been doing uh, this, the over one and a half parlay piece is is your it's your best thing by if, far. If I think a fight's going to a decision, you can bet your sweet ass I'm going to be taking a look at the over one and a half. Uh, as a parlay piece, especially if it's a five rounder, there's there's something in my brain that's just like, oh, they might go twenty five, seven and a half is nothing. I I love it. I don't have any parlays down for this card, so I'm just gonna file that one away. Honestly, I kind of just want to bet the over two and a half at minus two fifty instead <laughs> of the one and a half. But I may I may build a parlay while we're doing this uh, and see where see where it takes me. Because I don't have that many bets down, but yeah. maybe you've got some more out there that that will entice me to to ro- build a robust parlay for us. Yeah, I, I can fill you in as we go. I mean, another thing about the over one and a half, it's always funny. I'm always sweating it out, and then it ends up going the full 25. I'm like, what was I ever even <laughs> what nervous about? possibly sweating it out? See, the problem is I've been parlaying gimmicks lately, and there's no gimmick on this card. There's no nah. father's plan parlay. There's, I know. There's no Rodriguez parlay. Like it's, I don't know. What do I do? How do I parlay anything going? Hey, on I'm not gonna lie. This this card lacks fun. It lacks it is, uh, very. It is very lacking in fun. So I mean, true. it's got Andre Arlovsky on it for God's sakes. Um. Yeah. All right. That's all you need to say, frankly. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. All right, that's the main event, though. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go to the co-main event, or, uh, you know, as we like to say around here, the uh, second to the last fight. The penultimate the fight. Yeah. This, this is, is not a co-main event. No, this is not. a penultimate fight, no, it is in not. the words this, of the great Alexander K. Lee. This is, I, I don't even know if this would be put on a pay-per-view, but this would be like, a you know, first three fights tonight on a... Dude, I, this is a good, this is a fun fight. I will fun. say this. Fight's fun. very fun. This yeah. fight is not meaningful in any sub- substantive way. Nope, not at all. It is uh, Tim Means going up against Max Griffin right now. You can get Griffin for minus one eighty. Tim Means coming back at plus one fifty five. Over under set at two and a half. Over minus one seventy. Under plus one forty. Uh, I don't have anything on oh, this fight. It. Neither I mean, do I. I was hoping you had something uh, that could convince me. I, I looked at Max Griffin, but the thing that I've been trying to do on these on these fight nights, these apex fight nights, especially that 
I find myself regretting once fight night comes and I lose bets is like, do I like, do I really want to trust this guy with my money? Like, do I really want to trust this fighter with my money? You're telling me you don't want to trust Max Griffin? Do I (laughs) finish that sentence? You're telling me you don't want to trust Max Griffin as a minus 180? I say, you really just need the inflection. You don't want to trust Max Griffin? (laughs) I mean, Yeah. uh, yeah, I just, I think he's probably going to win. I don't know. Dirty Bird could do something weird. I I almost took a shot on Tim Means just because to, I, I mean this very seriously. Who is the best fighter that Max Griffin has beaten? He, he almost beat Neil Magny. But he didn't. <laughs> so who is the best guy he beat? How old was Carlos Condit when he beat him? Washed. 37 and washed, yeah. I mean, Carlos Condit is the best name. Not yeah, best at the name. time he fought him, not in any respect the best fighter he beat. Uh, Ramiz Brahimash. I, I think the answer is Mike Perry. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, and that really should tell you. Like, I don't. Uh, every time he has fought somebody good, he has lost. And I, Tim Means is not good, or like Tim Means is not great, but Tim Means is a very solid guy who has been around the block forever and just he knows how to compete. He knows how to get gritty and win rugged dogfights. Tim Means has lost to most of the best guys he's fought as well. But he also at least has some good wins. Not like a ton of them, mind you, but Nicholas Dalby's a decent win, you know? Um, uh, John Howard at the time was an okay win. Like he's he's had some fights that are of value and useful, Tim Means also has a win over Mike Perry. He does also have a win over Mike Perry and also a loss to Neil Magny. (laughs) So there's a lot of MMA math lining up here. And that's why I almost took him just because, like, in my head, Max Griffin is the the faster, more dangerous striker. And Tim Means is pushing 40 and starting to look a little bit that, but... I did. We were talking about it off air. I do so much worse on pay-per-views than on fight night cards. And I honestly think that a lot of it is on fight nights. I have the discipline to be like, I just don't need to bet this fight. There's no reason to bet this fight. Whereas on pay-per-views, I'm like, I'm going to crunch tape for six hours and I'm going to find the line. Whereas this one, I watched a couple of fights. I was like, I don't have a feel for this. I don't want to keep digging into this to find the angle. F it. I just won't bet. So it's a dog or pass for me just because of the line, but I'm not, I'm just not putting my money on this one. There it is. Maybe you shouldn't either, uh, unless you really feel strongly one way or the other on them. That Especially was. Especially coming off a bad week, too, makes me less inclined to do this, right? Yeah. Because like, I got, I didn't lose as much as I thought I did in the moment because I'm I had the same a better way. Yeah, I had a bet on Benny Dariush at the underdog odds. I had Islam into so many different things that he got me some money back, but I still lost like four or five units this past week. Really tough hang. I lost a little bit under two. There was a moment after the Jan fight and I hadn't been able to do the math in a while. I was like, oh God, I could be looking at like eight units down. That is what I thought too. (laughs) Yes, and then like when I did the math, I was like, all right, losing less than two units actually kind of feels like a win right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean- (laughs) Islam, it's all about perspective. Yeah, Islam was huge. The Islam win. I had. I think I had him finishing two parlays. I had fight goes the distance, finish 
one parlay. Uh, I mean, and then I haven't counted it towards my record, but cashing the future is going to be big. Uh, yeah, um, Islam did me a lot of favors with that win. Yeah, but coming off 280 where I lost four uh, four units, it's just like, you know, maybe reset. I don't need to go. I don't need to swing that wide this weekend. Just not going to bet on this this penultimate fight. Next up, though, speaking of swinging wide, it is Waldo Gotta Cortez Acosta. 7-0 and coming off the Dana White Contender Series, going up against Jared Vandera. He's got his back against the wall right now. WCA just made that nickname up for him. You can get him for my, at minus 195. Jared Vandera coming back at plus 165. Originally, the over-under was set at 2.5. It looks like it's now a 1.5 setting. Sure is. Minus 120, minus 110. I'm sure you like that. As I a love heavyweight that over so bet. much. I cannot express you <laughs> at minus two at over two and a half. It was like, well, at least it's plus money. But man, I don't <laughs> feel good about this guy over one and a half. You can make I'm it. In. The you heavyweight overs. You got to keep doing it. We're gonna make it. I actually have two bets on this. I don't know if you have any wow. bets on this. I actually, uh, I have the when it opened at the two and a half. I took the under two and a half. Uh, okay. It opened at like minus one hundred three. I was like. So, Jared Van Der has been finished in four of his last fights. These are two heavyweights, and you're giving me almost even money on the two and a half in this heavyweight fight. And like, I had to take it. Like, uh, two of my bets were based solely off of lines this week, and this is one. I didn't want to get involved at all, but I had to at that price. So we're trying to hit the the window of this fight needs to stop between the seven thirty one late second the, round, late second round TKO thirty, yeah. Just late second round, or you know what? A TKO in the first minute of the third round. Let's yeah, call it that. Easy, very Though I easy. do hate, I do hate entering third rounds when I have the under two and a half. You just kind of sit there true. with your thoughts. You're like, you do. You, you, you get that whole minute uh, where they're on the stool when uh, you're yeah. contemplating your existence. You're like, it's got to come out fast. It's got to come out fast. And then like fif- the 15 seconds, they just square each other up. You're like, oh. yeah, it's tough. Uh, so I, I'm on the over one and a half because heavyweight overs, uh, the new flyweight unders, the heavyweight overs. Uh, and I also took a shot on a line that I'm not entirely sure I understand. Uh, Vandera by sub is plus 1200. And like, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. Oh God. But he is a BJJ black belt. I know. And- you don't have to you listen, dude. You don't have to convince me. <laughs> I've fallen into this before in, in his fight against Chase Sherman. I know. It's just like I don't think Waldo Cortez Acosta's good. <laughs> I mean here's my all right, I'll make an argument for you because I thought about it myself. This is his last chance. This is Jared Van Der's oh, last shot. For sure. If he he loses get another. He is gone, gone, gone. There's a chance if he wins and it's not impressive, he might be gone anyway. Uh, be smart. Like, use the IQ. You could have just gone in against Chase Sherman and dumped him down over and over and searched for submissions and got the win. But instead, you stood and bang and got knocked out in the third round. So if you use your fight IQ and go back to what you have some talent at to stay in the UFC, this would be the fight to do it, Jared. That's the thing is, I think he's going to because Waldo Cortez, I just don't think Waldo Cortez Acosta is good. If you watch his LFA fight against Thomas Peterson, he got taken down several times. I mean, he was a pro boxer before this. He's a pro boxer. He's a pro boxer. 
not that great. Peters, the guy Thomas Peterson who took him down a bunch, much smaller, not as good of a grappler as Jared Vandera is. And it's just I can't for whatever reason I can't quit Jared Vandera. <laughs> I know, guy. Uh, you're so you're like, talking me into putting 0.1 units on it. Well, that's why I did it because I was talking myself into just betting Vandera as an underdog. So I was like, I don't. I think Costa Walda sucks, or or I or Cortez Acosta's like. And in my head, I think of Nikolai Costa Walda because of how his name works. Who is the guy who plays Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones? So. He's not very good, and I just want to bet Jared Vandera at underdog odds. And then I was like, well, let me find the props. And for whatever reason, Vandera by sub is 1,200. So I was like, well, okay, that's at least worth a, a small shot. And then I can sate my need to bet on Jared while also not actually exposing myself to much risk. I can't let you take this journey by yourself. I'm pulling Let's it up go. right now. 1,200. I'm talking 0.1 units. Yeah, five. At, that's five dollars for me. You don't need any big at, big number on that. That's five dollars for me to win one point two units. Yeah, five just, bucks submission. Light it on fire. I just lit an Abraham yeah. Lincoln right up on fire. That's gone. That is now dust. Hey, the last bet I talked you into cashed at plus whatever it was three hundred odds oh, for false. A, you talked me into the Petrosian Dobson under. Oh, did I? I didn't remember yeah. talking you into that one. Well, I'm that's one okay. for one. That's okay. You're 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 we're one for two. Plus money. Yeah, we're, we're still definitely plus, plus money. Uh, if this hits, it will make my life. And honestly, it's gonna be the best on a card that isn't that fun. I'll feel something as Vandera makes that walk because that's I important. will be cheering for it so hard. But yeah. I and then we're gonna be let down immediately when he oh just starts God. slugging he's not even with gonna, pro boxer. He's not even gonna go for one takedown. I know yeah. this is never even gonna get close. Like the Kayo, there were a couple moments where I was like, I thought oh. in the first round it was done. I was like, oh, this is exactly the thing. And oh. then no. It, that's what I at least want in my losing sub props. I, I know they're gonna lose, but at least give me that hope. At least give me, give me that chance. Give me uh, the glimmer, baby. Now I've now I've put a world in my head where Jared gets this done, and it's I mean it's a magical place. It's gonna happen. It's there's a universe out there where it happens, and and hopefully we it's are. It's not even a hard in. universe to get to. Jared just has to not fight like a moron. It's a it's a very easy road to get to. That's a tall task. That's but it a tall is a task. tall task. <laughs> All right, so I'm on the under two and a half, and it'd, it'd be sick if I get a little double hitter by Jared Vandera, end of round two. Uh, he's just pressuring. In the ninth minute, just Pressuring something. Cortez Acosta, just, just pressuring and then gets him down. Oh, he's got the back. Oh, Jared Vandera. Oh, oh, I, I think he's got it in. He's got it. It's under the neck. He's going to tap. Oh, he does. Jared Vandera extends his UFC career. Oh, it's going to be the best. I'm so excited for when this hits and we win all of our bets on this very, very stupid heavyweight fight. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for Vandera to get blasted into the, the third <laughs> row of the UFC Apex. Yeah, you know, at least uh, it'll be fun for us. He, Unlike he gets, this next fight. He gets blasted at the exact 230 mark in the second round, so you push, I lose, both subclass <laughs> lose. <laughs> Oh, if that happens, we I honestly won't even be mad if that exact scenario happens. <laughs> that would just be funny. That that will be unbelievable. All right. Uh Waldo, no. Thank God. I almost I almost dove right back into it. Let's keep it rolling <laughs> on the main card. Treshawn <laughs> Gore versus Josh Fremd. Uh right now, Josh Fremd K 
can be had for minus 175. Treshawn Gore coming back at plus 150 over under set at one and a half, uh, closer to two and a half now, over two and a half minus 105, under minus 125. Um, yeah, we talked about it earlier, trusting fighters. Um, I looked into this one. I started leaning Josh Fremd. I was like, maybe I get around to this. Uh, and then I just like, I mean, he had a decent showing against Anthony Hernandez. It's a really tough matchup to come into. I just was just like, there's no chance I'm I'm putting my money on Trayshawn Gore. I I cannot yeah, I trust him. That. Like I cannot trust him to do this. And then I was just like, I'm just, I wish them the best, but I'm just I'm not putting my money down here. I am in the exact same boat. Like I honestly. If I wasn't in that boat, I because I very briefly looked at this car and was like, I'm just going to take every underdog <laughs> because <laughs> none of these fights feel safe to bet on a favorite. Like, that's why I didn't have a parlay because there's nobody that I'm like, that guy's going to win. So we'll just lock him in. It's just like, Same. I don't. Same. Like, Wait till you hear the rest of like my parlay pass. pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My parlay pieces are not on this UFC card. It's just the Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen over one and a half. Yeah, it's it's just not. Again, I friend should win. I, I, he who knows? Win. Anything could happen in this fight. That's the thing is like Treshawn Gore. I can't trust him with my money, but like this is same thing as Vandera, dude. Back is against the wall. Like this guy was talking about being a double champ before he even made his UFC debut, well, and insane, now yeah. I mean that was insane. But like now his career is on the line. If he loses this fight, he moves to three and three, and. He will be 0 for 3 in the UFC. And, like, it's it's a wrap at that point. Yeah. it's uh, uh, This is one of the ones where I, I actually don't think this is a dog or pass. If you're going to bet, I would bet on Fremd. But I ain't got no confidence in this one at all. So, again, another straight-up pass for me. I haven't had one. I haven't had a card like this in a long time where I just, like, Feels two good. main card fights that I just said, nope, nothing, nothing doing. It, it it feels good because like going into last week, uh, I was I think I had like twenty four and a half units in play, and I was like, man, if this night goes bad, like it could go really bad. Like I could end up down like twelve units, and it's just a slaughter. With this, like I think I have, with the addition of Jared Vander, I have like exposure. Yeah, I have like eight point five units in play. Like I could reverse sweep. It'd be miserable, but like I'd be like, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Likelihood of reverse sweeping is, is is fairly low. I I don't see that happening. So best of luck if you bet on that one. That brings us to our last fight on the main card. I do have action on this one. It's Dustin Jacoby going up against Khalil Roundtree right now. You can get Dustin Jacoby for minus one seventy five. Wow, he he's dropped back down after after getting steamed up. Khalil Roundtree for plus one fifty. Uh, I took Justin Jacoby, took him at minus 152, uh, was on him against Don Jung. Um, he's impressed me in this in this reiteration in the UFC 7-0-1. Khalil Roundtree, violent man, incredibly violent man. If he comes in and he is successful in headhunting, he will put Dustin Jacoby out. The inconsistencies for Khalil Roundtree is what gives me pause on him. And in a matchup that is going to almost positively be a striking, a strictly striking battle, Dustin Jacoby's striking acumen, the experience that he has in kickboxing, 
I will rate him over Khalil Roundtree, and and I think he gets it done in this one. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a piece of information you're not gonna like because I'm on the other side of this. I am on Khalil Roundtree for a couple of reasons. One, I can't sure. quit this man in the same way I can't quit Jared Vandera. He just is there, <laughs> and I don't know how you feel about this piece of info, but I'm ready to hear it. For as as Everything you said is right. Cleo Roundtree is inconsistent. This man is up and down, side to side. It's all around, all over the map. Yeah. But he has consistently knocked out dudes who came from glory. Because Carl Roberson fought in glory and Khalil bodied that man. And Gokensaki, a a kickboxing legend, Khalil bodied that man. And like when I looked at this, I was like, I this fight feels closer because yes, on paper, like Jacoby's the more accomplished striker, and he's looked so good since returning to the UFC. But for whatever reason, Roundtree seems to thrive against like guys who are just gonna kickbox with him and do nothing else. And he's a super violent dude, and he, he looks so good. He looks so good against Roberson. And we talked about the Roberson thing. And I picked Roberson. Me too. Um, I, saying Roberson is the more accomplished, better kickboxer. And then nah, you I wouldn't did have known it. Had you watched that fight, you would not have known who was the better one. And so that's it. I'm all at underdog odds. This dude kills glory kickboxers, and he's getting another one. Yeah, I agree with you there. The arguments that I'll make to that Carl Roberson and Dustin Jacoby's tra- career trajectories Very are different. the exact opposite. <laughs> 7-0-1 since coming back. Carl Roberson, four straight losses now out of the UFC. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Khalil Roundtree comes out here and just does his violence, like, it's like, like, it, like, I know we talk about like, oh yeah, the UFC, like violence, like finishes, like the way that Khalil Roundtree does it, like the way that he finished Carl Roberson, I was like a little bit uncomfortable. I was like, God, this dude is like killing this man. Like I felt bad for Roberson when they finally called it. It, it was tough. So like, yeah, if Khalil Roundtree comes out here and does that to Dustin Jacoby, like I, I won't be shocked. Like I'll be like, man, yeah, I played with fire and 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 the fire bit me. Uh, but I was there in person for old Justin's big win over Don Jung. So, uh, you know, he he bought a little fan credit in me. Hey. I guess I got a few biased bets this week. The best way to bet. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Just best way to bet. All I'm saying is Khalil Roundtree has two performance bonuses in his career, and they both came against Glory, Glory Kickboxer. Kickboxer. <laughs> uh Either way, I think this is probably going to be a, a pretty exciting fight. I think it, oh, yeah. it could be fight of the night. This, I think there's a really good chance that Khalil's going to get another performance bonus, be that fight of the night, or a, a big KO. So, um, What's the over-under? I was looking at it, but I didn't feel it's confident. two and a half. I want to say it's like minus 150. Yeah, I just don't feel good enough about that. Minus 160 now. It's probably, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm I just gonna like stick with yeah. the underdog bet. Feel like um, it it probably won't go the distance. It seems unlikely, but never know. I guess there's a world. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. 
and Cedric the Best Dumbe makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, all right, that is the main card. Let's move on to the prelims. Let's get through these. The first one up is Roman Delice going up against Phil Hawes right now. You can get Phil Hawes for minus 170. Delice coming back at plus 145. Uh, I thought about playing Delice. I thought he looked really good against Kyle Dawkins. Obviously, a a short outing for him there. But I mean, Phil Hawes, like he he's looked pretty decent of late. I know he got blasted by Chris Curtis, but that's that's aging somewhat decent. Uh, Phil Hawes also has the wrestling acumen. I don't know. I feel like to me, it's dog or pass. But at the end of the day, I I just rode without a play. I know I know you do have a play on it. I am, and I, I'm on Delize. Um, nice, nice. I, I, I lean more to that side, so I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, this. I just looked at it. Uh, I think this fight's a pick em is, is the basic I math here. And I agree so, with you. Um, I mean, getting a little bit of extra value, you know, personal spiritual value because Delize is Georgian. Ah, wow. You know, I'm looking at that right now. It's stand up, stand up Georgia. Tough um, not to back him. You know, it's tough. I, I uh, already added Vandera. I, I, I'm I'm done. I'm done <laughs> I adding. Can't, I can't talk you into <laughs> another one. Uh, but yeah, it it is just as simple as Delizia looked so good against Kyle Dawkins. Yeah. Uh, and Phil Hawes, you talk about a guy who's tough to trust with your money. Phil Hawes is a guy who is tough to trust with your money. When he, he looks good, he looks good, man. And then when he does not, it's as frustrating as all hell. Exactly. And so uh, even and honestly, you look at his resume and he has fought a lot of dudes who are really good. So I get why he's the favorite here. I mean, just look, look at his UFC run, right? You're Jacob Malkoon, uh, Nasruddin Imovov, Kyle Dawkins, Chris Curtis, Duran Wynn, like all of those are very legit middleweights. Um, but I just, you know, I, I really liked how Delize looked. I think it's a 50-50 fight. I think Hawes is going to try and keep this standing. Um, and he will be able to. He's a very good wrestler. Uh, if he tries to take it down, Delize and ADCC uh, Asia and Eurasia. So I don't remember how they label it, but he's a regional ADCC champion and a very accomplished Nogi grappler. And so I think that Hawes would be best not to go to the floor with him. And also Hawes, a little bit of cardio concerns. So gas bag for sure. Yeah, gas bag for sure. So there's just a lot of things that make me think this fight should be, you know, minus one ten on either side. I'm getting plus uh, a decent size plus number on Delize right now at, at plus one forty five. Taking that all day. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people comfortable uh, playing Phil Haas at that number minus one seventy. I, I, I personally would not. Yeah, yeah I personally not. would not. He could come out there and win, but yeah, if it, for me it is it is personally dogger pass. All right, next up. It's Andre Arlovsky going up against Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Uh, I again, I don't have anything on this. I considered the over. I know you're going to be on the over. Uh, of course. Took a quick look at Arlovsky, maybe making it five straight. Yeah, eight, of, eight of Arlovsky's last ten have gone to decision, baby. Yeah, dude, dude's a decision maker. The uh, man what do you got is here? A decision maker. <laughs> anything other than the over? 
No, I've got the over, uh, and I gotta say, I have a lot of concerns about this over hitting because the line is two and a half, right? Like, yeah. One you, and a half, you essentially have to make it to a decision. Yeah, one and a half. I would feel unbelievable about one and a half, but it the the other side of it, the part that at least makes me feel good, is you say I have to make it to a decision. Actually, I just have to make it to the second round. Because if this gets out of the first round, it's going to a decision. That's how this fight is going to play. And there are very real questions because uh, Rogerio DeLima, that man can come out and chuck him. Like he, He's gone to decision in two of his last three. But before that, it is just a wasteland of him throwing hammers and get or get got, baby. Uh, Arlovsky's game, though, has become so survival-oriented that I think he... He knows when this is a possibility, and he's going to mitigate it as much as possible. And Delima is then just going to be gassed. So the hope is that if this makes it out of the first round, Delima is going to be way too gassed. Olavsky probably wins like a <laughs> the worst decision, just an awful, awful hang. And for that reason, I almost bet Andre Olavsky. But then I thought to myself, do I really want to have two bets down on this fight? Right. Like, do I and really? Do I want to be that involved in this? Yeah, one? is it necessary to be that involved in this fight? And I ultimately decided, no, it's not. So I've got the over two and a half. Uh, it's going to be de- electric. I can promise you that. It is depressingly over two and a half is still minus one fifty. I. Oh, it's going to be a sweat, God, it's, and it's it's like, a sweat for nothing, for no value. But minus one fifty on heavyweight over two and a half. Yeah, it's a sweat for no value. God, the objectively tough, correct bet here is under two and a half at yeah. plus one twenty. Yeah. I mean, but anytime, I'm a man anytime of you're my getting a, anytime you're getting heavyweights going against each other, that one of them. Has like this frantic like chaotic style, first round chaos. yeah. Like, like, it, and you're getting plus money on an under two and a half. It's it's like a no brainer to play it. Uh, but I knew you, I knew you'd be on this over. So uh, you know, I'm a man of my word. I'm plus just Arlovsky, telling you, he's just been doing weird things. I don't trust him, and I, I I feel like he's just itching to go to another decision. He loves him. He's I love it. It's incredibly fun to watch. I mean, he gets paid by the crafty hour, his way through things. That man but gets paid by the hour. He does. But yeah, uh, I would say to the listeners, I love you. And if you want to follow along on my continued experiment with heavyweight overs, God bless you. This is maybe not the smartest bet I've ever made in my life. That's why we do it, though. All right, let's keep it moving. Next up, we got Joseph Holmes going up against Jun Yong Park, the Iron Turtle. Right now you can get... Turtle, turtle. The Iron Turtle at minus 240. Joseph Holmes coming back at plus 200. Over under is set at two and a half. Over minus one fifty five. Over under plus one twenty five. Uh, it's moved down a little bit. I played this yesterday at plus one sixty. Um, the under two and a half. At first look, I was like, Junyong Park's gonna win, and then just like the size disparity between these guys. Uh, six inches of height for Joseph Holmes, seven inches of reach. Holmes is an 80-inch reach, man. That is like You monster. don't see that a lot. He's not the greatest fighter in the world, but like just on that size advantage alone. Not a lot of people overcome a seven-inch reach disadvantage in fights. And like what could be spend a lot of time on the feet? 
Like mm-hmm. Joseph Holmes is is pretty good on the ground. Junior Park is more likely to go for the takedowns. Uh, but I mean, just just looking at the numbers on these guys, eight of Holmes' last nine have not made it to the third round. I know Park is a decision maker in the UFC, but just going back and watching that Gregory Rodriguez fight, I mean, he had Rodriguez like wobbled bad dead a, to right. Fight. Yeah. I, I was on Rodriguez there. I was like, oh, he's losing. He is about to lose here. It was a fantastic fight. He's not afraid to get in these brawls. And I could see Joseph Holmes coming out here and kind of making it that using his or Yunnan Park coming out and making it that using his you know size disadvantage to try and get in there. And this one becoming a scrap. If it goes to the ground, Holmes, uh, his last two victories, both by submission, I mean, he's tricky on the ground as well. Just with middleweights and the way that Holmes has been finishing fights lately, win or lose, I was willing to take it at the plus money. It's still sitting at plus money, plus 125. Uh, didn't put a ton on it, just put a half unit. I could definitely see this one ending early. I don't have a bet, but I was really close to taking a shot at Holmes strictly on the size disparity and the fact yeah. that he's a decent fighter. Like, he's not That's a bad big. fighter. Like, that is a huge... It's enormous. Against they are, the, a guy in Jun Young Park that isn't, like, some, like... Like, we're not talking about Volkanovski here, like, no. overcoming a size disadvantage. Exactly. And that's, like... I honestly may still bet it. I... For reference, uh, to go back to 280, Mike Heck, great, great guy, great journalist. Great guy. For great com, Great website. Great a- website after, as well. After the co-main event at 280, he was, like... He and I got into a bit of an argument about Aljamain Sterling was just going to kill TJ. It didn't matter if TJ was hurt or not. And I was like, that's obviously ridiculous. We have no idea what happened. That fight was useless. And he was like, did you see them? TJ looks like a flyweight and Aljo looked like a featherweight in there. And it is very, very true. Like that is, it's huge. And here we're not even talking about elite fighters. We're talking about a full weight class of difference between these two dudes at least uh, is what it's going to look like come fight night. And so... Honestly, I, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and take the shot on Holmes right now at plus 200 because that number is really high. And we're going to talk about some of these. Like, I don't think this has ever happened. I legitimately think that it wouldn't be entirely unreasonable just to bet every underdog on this card. <laughs> just, I swear, just to, these are the cards you get into that and then 10 of 11 favorites win. I mean, it could be like I could see it happening, but in each of these fights, I'm just like, this should be closer to a pick Like, what are these odds at? And like, Holmes, like, Junyoung Park just shouldn't be this big a favorite. And I'm going to look like a dumbass, but I'm going to take agree. the shot. I agree. Like, Junyoung Park is like not that great. And he is overcoming like a massive size disparity. Yeah. And, and it's not against a guy who sucks is the bigger thing. Because Joseph Holmes doesn't suck. He's not great, but he's not awful. And he has huge physical advantages. And we just saw, to be extremely clear... Sean O'Malley gave Piotr Jan a lot of problems for many reasons, but one of the biggest was strictly the length that Sean O'Malley had on Piotr Jan really made that a tougher fight than Jan was ready for. And Holmes has 10x that that length going into this fight here. I'm taking the shot right now. I didn't have anything until you brought it up. Maybe I'll regret it, but at plus 200, F it. I mean, his loss is to Jamie Pickett, who matches him with an 80-inch reach. Yeah, it's very re- and also a pretty decent fighter. Very reasonable loss. So yeah, taking Holmes. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I I don't mind that play at all, especially with with that size disparity that we mentioned. All right, let's keep it rolling on this card. As I accidentally went to a different page, 
Now I'm back on it. It is Chase Hooper against Steve Garcia. Right now, Hooper has been getting steamed to the moon. You can get him at minus 255. Garcia coming back at plus 215. The over-under is set at two and a half over plus 124 under minus 150. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Chase Hooper. I took him a few weeks ago when I took Arnold Allen uh, at a much more reasonable line, minus 184. Um, I think he's going to win. Steve Garcia is, I just don't rate him that highly. His two wins in the UFC are against guys that are not UFC quality in uh, Charlie Ontiveros and, uh, and Desmond Torres. I just think Chase Hooper is going to continue to improve based off that last performance. He looked fantastic against against Felipe Corrales. Uh, yeah, I just think he's going to keep improving. I think he's more dangerous on the ground. I think he can hang with the feet. Uh, and I just like, I just don't know how UFC caliber Steve Garcia is, but he is tough, man. He's tough as hell, and he has knockout power. Um, so yeah, I mean, at, at FanDuel right now, Chase Hooper is minus two eighty. I bet he touches three hundred before the week's out. Yeah, man. I, so I don't have a bet on this fight. Um, to be perfectly honest, this is a dogger pass for me, certainly at these odds. I wanted to take a shot on Steve Garcia just because it's really hard for me to see Chase Super being a minus 250, minus 280 favorite. I'm going to say he's going to close at 300. Yeah, and if he does, honestly, I might even just take the shot. The thing I didn't is... Chase Hooper did show me some some like real tangible improvement against Felipe Claris, but I've I don't this is and there's always the possibility which you you didn't even mention just sort out one of his two losses in the UFC his two losses ever to Steven Peterson that's maybe Steve's oh, just have Chase hates Steve's we're gonna find out if if the Steve's just if scuba Steve uh couldn't just sink Chase Hooper right here we wow. don't know so uh you know I if I was gonna bet and I may still if the line keeps continuing this movement but I'm with you Steve Garcia is not hasn't shown me too much and because Chase Hooper showed me some real improvement against uh Claris, it's enough to stay away. Uh, but I, nobody, don't parlay this man. Do not put Chase Hooper in your parlay, people. It's not necessary. I have a question for you. I don't know if you know the answer to it. Sure. I'll pretend like I do. The movement in MMA lines is like nothing I've ever seen in any other sport. Do you have any idea why that is? Um, I don't actually know. My, I, I agree in large part. My theory uh honestly so you got into mma gambling obviously much later than i did because i've been doing this for like a decade now or whatever um honestly one of the reasons i started doing this is because back in the day man nobody knew how the hell to set lines (laughs) like (laughs) lines lines were frequently just terrible or like obviously stupid as the sport was still getting its feet underneath it and just like uh especially prop lines you could get like Robbie Lawler by KO at like 10x what Robbie Lawler was to win decision and stuff like that. Just like very ridiculous things. I think that the lines still are, people still don't have like a fully great read, especially for like some of these fights. Man, it's hard to set lines for. So you're you're essentially saying they they throw them up and then they adjust based on where the money moves. Correct. Okay. Uh, Because I I think, and especially as the UFC continues to bring in Let's be honest about it. Lower level talent. 
it's hard to set lines for like regional MMA because there's just so many unknowns. And then some dudes who train with, you know, Steve Garcia or whatever come and throw 10 grand on him. Like, yeah, that's, he's obviously going to beat this dude. I think the lines are just more volatile and they, they adjust more rapidly yeah. for them. But that's just a guess. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, like, you talk about, like, a football game. If a game moves, like, a point and a half on the spread, it's, like, major, major movement. In the UFC, like, you can have money lines move, like, 200 points from open to fight time. Oh, even more than 200. I mean, <laughs> shit, we were just talking about the, the the main event of this one. Yes. He's minus 120. What, what did um, what he said him at? He like, said, plus something? I got plus, plus 160. He sat at plus 170 for six months. And then on September 14th, moved down to plus 160, stayed there till September 26th, dropped down to plus 140, and then finally made the drop, like heavy drop down to like being in favorite range. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is just, I mean, they have football down to such a science to knowing where they're setting spreads that like yeah. it is honestly I mean, it's an internet meme. It is remarkable how well Vegas knows where to set spreads for football. It's it is unbelievable, actually. Yeah. It it really is, and I don't know how they do it. And I think just the MMA odds makers don't have it nearly as finely tuned to what the public is going to move the things to, and so lines have a lot more volatility to them. Yeah, yeah. Especially I mean, people... for stars, man. They I don't think they ever bake enough into people. That like the fighters that are known, like Chase Hooper. Like yeah. Chase Hooper was always going to get more action. It's just I don't think they ever bake enough of that into the price. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It, it feels like yeah, like even on the props, the props get get crazy line movement because like, dude, we had we had three. I don't, we didn't have it on the show last week. We all you and I were both on Baralio by submission yeah. at plus yeah. six hundred. We tweeted about it later because the next day that prop dropped to plus three hundred. Yeah, I like I take my bets and like people are like, oh, these are these are fake. Like the classic is like, oh, fake lines. I'm like, no, dude. Like I just I took it like two weeks ago and it's just moved a lot. Like here is my fake betting lines. slip for it. Like it's just it's maddening that like people think I take these bets like the morning like of the fight day and they don't reflect the exact same odds. It's uh, it's like I. I expect some line movement, but some of these get, like, crazy. Like, I never expected to see Chase Hooper at almost minus 300 this week. I was like, yeah, minus 184, I'll take that. He'll probably get to, like, minus 210 around fight day. Like, I'm I'm cool with yeah. that. Like, No, it is, it is a legitimate advantage in this sport to bet early because lines do move so aggressively and so often. Uh, I'm way too lazy to do that, and I'll just bet it what comes down. But, like, yeah, it's... And the only explanation that makes any sense is that odds makers just still haven't got this figured out as well as other people do, or for other sports. I want to say Zhang, like earlier this year, was like a minus, yeah, against Carlos Esparza, she was a minus 150. That is oh, the man. stupidest line I've ever heard. Yeah, best you can get her at now is minus 330. I mean, that's just like, man, if you're sitting on a... I want to say on FanDuel, the main event last week to not go the distance opened at like minus 170. Oh, I would have just unloaded the clip on that. Yeah, it just feels like they're not really good at setting lines and they just adjust rapidly to the public. Yeah, well, uh, that's always something I've wondered about. Uh, and we have one more fight to get into on this UFC card. And uh, what do you know? 
It's a flyweight fight. And if you think for one second that I got scared off of some one and a half not hitting by some fluky McFluke shit, you're crazy because flyweight unders never miss. And it's going to get right back on track this week. Cody Durden going up against Carlos Moto. Right now, you can get Cody Durden for plus money. The, uh, The man who's been fighting in the UFC, plus 150. Carlos Moto coming back at minus 175. They haven't said... The over-under yet. I am anxiously waiting for this prop to drop. I need it in my life. It's not out. But uh, Yep, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, but I'm going to be on it with of you. Of course. Whatever, whatever it is. doesn't matter the number. Make it minus 500. I'll still play it, damn it. I'm also just now realizing, because I knew it, it just didn't strike me. Uh, Carlos Mota is, I guess now... Um, the former LFA flyweight champion because yeah. uh, he vacated his title. Uh, our, our boy, Waldo Cortez Acosta, is now, or I mean, I guess he actually was prior, but the former LFA heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. We could maybe cook up a LFA champion parlay, but for the fact that I kind of think Vanderhaal's going to win. LFA, I might still cook that up, though. LFA alumni parlay? I mean, I don't LFA know. LFA parlay, baby. <laughs> I don't know how much I love laying almost minus 180 on a UFC debutante on five days' notice. Oh, I mean, that is, it is just a terrible, terrible choice. But Carlos there Mona are gets a, a full lot of can. LFA dudes in this, in this card, by the way. Steve Garcia is an LFA guy. Um, now you're cooking with gas. Trying to think who else is, is in the LFA from, from this card. But yeah, I maybe I'll mess around with that and find a find an LFA parlay just just for the hell of it. I, I love a gimmick. You know me. I love a gimmick. Josh Fremd. I don't think he yeah, was ever. He, he was an he LFA was ever a champion. No, he was yeah. an LFA, but he wasn't ever a champion. I may go. He main evented. Yeah, he fought for a belt. Um, I believe. I may oh, make an LFA against champion Gregory parlay Rodriguez, yeah. against Gregory Rodriguez. That's right. Exactly. Maybe I'll cook that up as a parlay for for shits and gigs, you know, just just because I'd like to have one. But yeah, otherwise, the only thing I have to say on this one, smash the under. It's a flyweight fight. What else do you need to know? Yeah, I mean, Moda, three of his last four wins are by first round knockout. Durden, seven of his last 10 fights ended in the first round. It's time to get this this ship righted. Joseph Holmes, also an LFA guy. Wow, wow. Now you're really cooking with A lot of LFA guys in here, man. Uh, All right, so that's the UFC card. We have have to talk about it a little. I was about to ask you. I mean, Anderson Silva, Jake Paul. Yes, sir. I don't have shit to talk about for Bellator, so F that. Dude, that Bellator card is – I didn't know it was happening until I saw the odds drop. I got, like, the tweet notifications that odds were out. I was like, oh, I wonder when that is. And then I was like, oh, it's this weekend. Uh, I'm saying this, but I parlayed uh, Fabian Edwards in my parlay. <laughs> it's uh, Fabian Edwards, uh, the main event over one and a half, and the Katie Taylor fight goes the distance. It's a uh, super sick combat sports parlay. Pays out at minus one oh two. All right, though, love that. Anderson, Silva. just so we're clear, I didn't know Bellator had an event this weekend until I looked at my work schedule, and I was like, 
why am I working early on Saturday? And then I looked up, I was like, Italy. oh, I drew the Bellator straw this weekend. I mean, you might as well, you know, get some pizza, get get your Italian favorites, a little pasta, and enjoy the I card. I mean, I am almost for sure going to do a chicken parm sando. Ooh. Just... Now we're talking. All right, though. Anderson Silva, Jake Paul. We talked about line movement about five minutes ago. Got a couple good lines on UFC. I did not get a good line on this one. I took Anderson Silva at uh, minus 135. You can get him as high as plus 150 now. So, uh, yeah, I fumbled that one pretty good. I am shocked. Uh, I, I just sort of assumed this would close at a pick em I, I cannot because... believe Jake Paul is minus 185 on DraftKings right now. Oh, I can't. Oh, 185. No, I can believe that he's the favorite just because that's – how being famous works and you trick a bunch of especially the people he's famous with like he's famous with a younger demographic and they're just gonna throw a shot on him and it's thing but uh i for whatever reason i had every intention of betting on anderson silva like two months ago and i look i pulled up my bookie today and i looked at it was like oh i forgot to place a bet well that worked out for me god that worked out for you (laughs) I thought I was being sharp by getting it at minus 135. I'm I'm just going to be blunt here. I was like, yeah, this will move. It yeah. did move. Not Other way, baby. Because, yeah, I, uh, when I saw that it was plus 150 today, I was like, oh, I already made that bet, right? I don't need double action. And I was like, I did it, and sweet. So I am in for Anderson Silva at plus 150. I don't know why Silva by decision plus 500 is just like, Whispering in my ear. Ooh. Don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger on I'm it. not going to pull the trigger I'm on that, but it's, that. it's a little interesting. Probably won't, but... It, it, uh, gets, it gets me to sit up a little bit and take notice. Yeah, I might, I might put a little bit more on Silva at this new line, but we'll see. I don't love having a ton of exposure to these fights. Yeah, yeah, God, no. But... You know, I'm I'm riding with Anderson Silva. Everything in my head says that he should win this, um, because boxing is very hard, and Jake Paul is not bad at it, but he's not good at it, and Anderson Silva is good at it. I mean, savvy striker has boxing experience. He just he actually knows how to do stuff. And again, Jake Paul is not. Jake Paul has shown some ability. He is not good at boxing in. I don't want people to think that I'm hating on him for it, but like if you've ever trained or spent time around people who trained or been in the gym, like you can tell a guy who is putting things together and like he's got some inclination. He's not total shit, but he he does not have depth to his game. Anderson Silva has has oceans of depth. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a fact. I think I think my plan is to sit because I actually think there's a world where Jake Paul becomes a bigger favorite. I mean, he it, it totally could uh, happen. But, yeah, I just took the shot at 150 because I didn't think it would ever be that good of a number. <laughs> I, I might take a shot on the decision. I might throw like .25 on it, a little quarter uni action, and just, just call it a day and, and, and see what happens. I mean, Jake Paul wins. That'll, that'll be pretty impressive. And I think Nate Diaz should be next for him if that happens. I mean, probably. I don't know if Jake Paul wins it. I mean, that fight will still do numbers, but like that fight becomes way less interesting to me if Jake Paul wins because then he's going to beat, if he beats Anderson Silva, he's going to beat Nate Diaz. Wow. 
So, Imagine that. Then we start really making some moves. Uh, and that's it, baby. I was going to say, that's the weekend in combat sports. You uh, you got anything else? I got the only thing else I will say before we close her down, because we don't need to spend any more time, uh, is I wanted to take a shot on our beloved Georgia Bulldogs. Have you looked at the spread, baby? No. 22 and a half. Oh, whew. For some reason, I thought you were going to say it was even closer because I was getting ready to unload the clip. No, 22 and a half is a lot. Like, that is, and like, we're going to win, but I I thought it would be closer. I mean, I know Florida has not looked great lately, but still, I just thought, I did not think we'd be that big a favorite yeah. over them. So. Well, always remember, I mean, they know what they're doing when they're setting football lines. They do know what they're doing, and so I'm not on this... Uh, I'm just looking forward to to next weekend, man. Next weekend is the 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 day of days. Parents My, are going to be there. Oh, are they? Big one. Big I uh, one. I th- I think I'm going to head over to Athens for it. Um, got for those buddies. that don't know, Georgia will be playing Tennessee in what likely will be a top three matchup in college football in Athens, Georgia. Scenes upon game scenes, game day. Massive implications in the conference. Massive implications in the national title race. Game of the year. It's the big, game of the point. year, and it's uh, in Athens. A short drive over. Uh, I think me and some buddies are going to gear up and, and and go to it. So just just going to enjoy Florida. Enjoy the Florida beatdown and get prepped for next weekend, man. That is an absolute fact. Tennessee. I'm rooting for him to get past. Uh, to get past Kentucky just so we can get this matchup. Oh, so they're they're, they're going to thump Kentucky. Uh, we're, that Just not a contest. Even though that's like a rivalry-ish game, doesn't matter. All right, well, uh, that is that. That's Georgia, it. Dub, we'll talk about it next week. We'll have to have a play. That spread will be close. That spread will be playable. Next week... It's another beautiful, beautiful, beautiful fight night at the UFC Apex. It is uh, Marina Rodriguez against Amanda Lemos. But there's a little bit more depth to that. We get Neil Magny. We get Daniel Rodriguez. Jelton Almeida. You know I'm in. You know I'm in. You don't have to say anything else other than Jelton Almeida. It's going to be tough for the heavyweight over crowd. That's a that's – a, that, Oh, no, have... it's not. It's a catchweight fight. Woo! Oh, it is? It says catchweight 220 on, on Wikipedia right now. Oh, wow. Tapology oh. has heavyweight 265. Yes. Love this. I love a catchweight. Uh, you talk about tough hangs, dude. We got a flyweight fight, and it's Tagirul and Bekov. That's he, he doesn't does not do many uh finishes. Also, uh, Nate Maness does not get finished or yeah. really do finishes himself that I much. I mean, he's, either, he so. survived with Umar. Yeah, yeah that one might, might be tough. I might have to take the week off. That's uh, I am off that week for the Tennessee game, so maybe I just don't make a bet that week on that. Yeah, I might. I'm that like we we know. I know we joke about the oh, fight. Oh shit! I have Ch- Chase Sherman, Josh Parisian as a heavyweight bout too. That's that's over city, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know, man. Chase Sherman is a guy who likes to get finished or finish people. I would think it's over city, but that's a sweaty over. And we've got Jake Hadley, Carlos Candelario. Oh, we've dude. got a lot of gimmick bets next, yeah. <laughs> next week. Next week is going to be a goofy show. I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, Mark Madsen, Grant Dawson's actually a pretty sick fight. I mean, it's not going to be that exciting, but 
Is that happening next week? Yeah. Miranda Maverick's on the card, too. Yeah. I mean, it'll be happening. Uh, We're spinning our wheels. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's get the hell out of here. What a last seven, eight days this has been. I mean, I am just exhausted. I am ready to recharge with a little UFC Apex 63, a little uh, Silva Paul, a little Katie Taylor, a little Bellator Italy. Get the engines revved up and ready to go. We'll do UFC Apex 64, and then we're right back into another cannot wait but that's for next month that is for november no bets barred for now enjoy the week enjoy halloween if you uh if you choose to celebrate and uh we'll talk next week love you guys Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.